John 3.16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello everyone, welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and we thank you for being part of our program here at Lamb Lion Ministry, Christ in Prophecy. We have a great ministry prepared for you today, as we're going to continue in the wonderful book of Ezekiel with a message titled Millennium Ministry. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program. And those of you that are following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones to open us up with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much for the blessings that you have provided us, uh, Lord, in opening up your word here in Ezekiel to help us understand your great promises, your great future, and your great kingdom. I pray you'll bless all those who tuned in, Lord, as we know and understand you better. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Light Ministry. Again, our title is that of Millennium Ministry. So we ask that you will stay tuned and get your Bibles ready to follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nate, welcome. It's again a wonderful week that we're together. Absolutely, brother. I tell you, we're finally into December, starting to get cold around here, thinking Christmas, got to do a little Christmas shopping. Have you done any Christmas shopping? Actually, you know, I have not yet, but I'm going to take I'm going to take advantage of Amazon Prime because they deliver things to the door. <laughs> oh, they make it so much easier, don't they? <laughs> they sure do. So Nathan, no, but hey, uh, we got over Thanksgiving. I did not overdo it, and we had a great time. Oh yes, yes. And I hear you got a lot of grandkids hopping around your house. Absolutely. The Lord has blessed me with mainly girls, granddaughters. They are beautiful, but boy, are they loud. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till they become teenagers. That's right, Nathan. They, they, they do get a little louder, don't they? <laughs> My apologies if there's any teenage girls listening in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. They, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> both, both Nathan and I have teenage daughters, so we understand, right, Nathan? Well, we had... Add, yes, yes. They are now women and successful, and yours are mothers, and mine's a nurse, and yes. Wow, where did the time go? Very exciting, very exciting. Nathan, talking about excitement, there's some new things happening there in the ministry and some new addition to the ministry. In case someone is new to a ministry and they don't know how to get a hold of our resources or what do we do, can you share that with us? Absolutely. Well, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, one of the ways that we proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ is digitally. So folks, we've been praying for many months now to have a new web associate come in at Lamb and Lion Ministries, an expert in digital media and social media and advertising, marketing, uh, those are dirty words to some, but it just means getting the word out about Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what we do. So I want to introduce our newest staff member. He's only day two, and his name is Chris Hunter. Chris, welcome to The Truth Will Set You Free. Thank you so much, Nathan, for the introduction. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am the latest addition to Lamb and Lion Ministries by the grace of God um, to profess 
the news of our soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's been an honor and blessing to be here. Um, as Nathan alluded to, I handle primarily the digital marketing outreach for the Lord, digital evangelism, and just getting the word out so as many souls can be one to Christ as possible before his return, and just supporting on the back end everything with Lamb and Lion Ministries. Again, always um, feel free to contact us uh, through social media, our website, and other um, digital platforms. We are always here for you. Thank you so much. Chris, we are so excited to have you. Nathan and I have been praying for this for, for quite a while. We've been sharing with our audience that we were looking for someone that fit the ministry, and I'm so glad that the Lord brought you on board. We're excited. I'm equally excited and so happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing uh, Chris with the audience. And I think uh, I'm looking forward, right, Nate, to all the uh, amazing things that God is going to do uh, with the ministry and you guys now as a team. Well, we know that the time is short. The Lord is returning soon. And so we got to get the gospel message out to as many people as we can, as quickly as we can. And uh, Chris is going to be a huge help in, in helping us do that. That'll let me focus more on creating more um we call it content and from a marketing perspective, but it's not content. It's it's gospel message, you know, articles and videos and podcasts. And now radio, we're entering uh, Christ and Prophecy will be on the radio soon. And uh, Chris will be a huge help in, in getting this message out in front of other people and, and leading them to Jesus Christ. And, and so, yeah, uh, the time is short. And so we're glad he's come on board and helped us. And he's going to sit in and, and listen to our podcast so he knows how we do podcasts and uh, I, I think this will be kind of a training with us, but you never know, Chris, if uh, Vic might pop a question your way. So be on your toes, brother. I absolutely will be ready to hop in anytime. Again, it's such a privilege to be here, and I just love edifying the body. This is all an act of love. It's a labor of love. Again, um, we welcome you to Lamb and Lion Ministries for everyone listening. And if you want to know more about Bible prophecy and everything about the soon return of our Lord, please um, check out lambandlionministries.com. Or ChristinProphecy.org. Or ChristinProphecy.org as well. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Again, for those of you that are part of the program, what great resources for you to take advantage of. And uh, again, as Nathan shared, the time is short. Amazing things are happening. We're seeing Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. Nathan, also just a, a little bit of a side note. Uh, again, what's happening right now, a quick update with Hamas and the uh, war in Israel. A lot of this is tied in or uh, uh, could quickly be, be, be uh, uh, for, formatting some things that you and I have been talking about in Ezekiel's book, chapter 38 and 39. Yes, I mean, it's, it's where Israel's going to face an existential threat. The Lord promised in Isaiah 11 that Israel, the Jewish people, would be regathered a second time from the four corners of the world. So this isn't the return from Babylon back in the 500s B.C., this is a return of all the Jewish people back into the land of Israel for the purpose of God uh, cranking up the heat, so to speak, making life so difficult that they turn to the Lord and call upon Jesus Christ as their Savior. You know, for Christ in Prophecy, we got a few shows coming up where uh, Tim Moore, our director, uh, interviewed quite a number of people, uh, pastors, Messianic pastors in Israel, and they're all saying the same thing, Vic. They're all saying that this secularism, this leftism that dominates 60% of the population there has been disappearing from society there because they're seeing God at work through this war with Hamas, seeing the, that there really is truly evil. And that's a kind of a leftist view, you know, that leftism sees that people are inherently good 
And no, the Bible says that people were born in sin, were born evil. And so there's been, now obviously they're not turning to Jesus Christ or Yeshua as, as they call him in Hebrew. They're turning to, to the God of the Bible, which is great. And the Bible prophesied that. Remember when we went through Ezekiel 38 and 39, folks, we know that Israel will eventually deal with what's called the Gog-Magog War, where Russia and Iran and Turkey and other Islamic nations will come against Israel. God will step in, supernaturally destroy these armies. And it says then all the Jewish, all 14 million Jewish people from around the world will go to Israel and they'll believe in God. And that will be near the, near the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. At the end, when Christ returns, the remnant who survives will call upon Jesus to be their savior. So we are living in really exciting prophetic times right now. Absolutely, Nathan. And what a great opportunity for people to consider their walk with God and turn to him while there is still time. And Nathan, again, we see some amazing things uh, unfolding right before our eyes. And that's why you and I take the time to go through uh, uh, different topics of the Bible or even books of the Bible so that individuals will see how all this comes together. Again, that super sign right before our eyes is a that regathering of God's people back in their land, which was foretold here in the book of Ezekiel that we have been making our way through. Now we've arrived in the book of Ezekiel in chapters 43 and 44. And Nathan, you and I last week were talking about the glory of God, uh, 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 his amazing appearance here as Ezekiel is taken on this show and tell type of tour by this, probably this uh, mighty angel showing him the building of the temple. But Nathan, now this temple that we're talking about here in Ezekiel chapter 43 uh, is a different temple than that of the tribulation temple, right? Right. The Temple Institute in Jerusalem have pretty much everything they need to build what's called the third temple. The first temple being uh, the Temple of Solomon. The second was rebuilt under Zerubbabel and enhanced by King Herod. It was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans, but a third temple is meant to be built prophetically because we know that the Antichrist will come and desecrate this temple set like three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation. And the Jewish people living in Israel, many of them will flee out into the wilderness to get away from the persecution that this Antichrist uh, character, this figure is, is bringing to the world and against them at that time period. And so... What we, that's how we know there's going to be a third temple, but that third temple will only fit on a portion of what today is the Temple Mount. Now, as we've been reading through Ezekiel chapter 40 through uh, 43, uh, the Lord is going into great detail of measurements through his measuring angel, letting Ezekiel know. And we learn that the dimensions of the millennial temple, which Jesus Christ will build himself and rule and reign in, is 40 miles square. I mean, we are talking about a building that is literally the size of a city. And so we know then the topography or the geology of, of Jerusalem will change dramatically. There's some verses in the Bible that say Jerusalem will be lifted up high during the millennial kingdom. That'll have rivers around it, that the Dead Sea will come alive. And it'll look very different than it is today. And it'll have, Jerusalem will have to be much, much bigger to hold a city that's actually 40 miles square. I mean, that's... Vic, that just blows my mind. 40 miles. Nathan, that is astounding. And it's just to show the greatness of God and how amazing God is in restoring things uh, to the way that really no man can do. And that's what we're noticing here in Ezekiel chapter 43 and 44 and on, that this is something that God is going to do. 
but he is showing Ezekiel ahead of time uh, how all this is going to unfold. And, and, and this can only be a work of God. And last week, Nathan, we left off on verse six as again, Ezekiel is being shown this amazing uh, structure of a building. But then when we get to verses six through 12 of Ezekiel chapter 43, it begins to unfold for us the purpose of the temple. Nate, will you be able to read for us there verses 6 through 9 and now read verses uh, 10 through 12 in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us? Okay. Well, because of all the measurements, Vic and I have been reading out of the New Living Translation. But since we're not reading any measurements here, I'm switching back to the New King James if that works with you, Vic. I have the same one. Yes, perfect. Uh, so verse 6. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple, and while a man stood beside me, and he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. No more shall the house of Israel defile my holy name. They, nor their kings by their harlotry, or with the carcasses of the kings on their high places. When they set their threshold by my threshold and their doorposts by my doorposts, with the wall between them and me, they defiled my holy name by the abominations which they committed. Therefore, I have consumed them in my anger. Now, let them put their harlotry and the carcasses of their kings far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. Verse 10, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the pattern. And if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangements, its exits and its entrances, its entire design and all its ordinances and all its forms and all its laws. Write it down in their sight so that they may keep its whole design and all its ordinance and perform them. This is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. What an amazing passage, Nate. Yeah, to me, it really sticks out the fact that it's it's on a mountaintop. Uh, you and I have been to Israel. We've been to Jerusalem. You know, the Mount Moriah is really a hill. It's it's not a mountain. I mean, you go up to Jerusalem. It's up in the mountains, but nothing like the Rocky Mountains or the Sierra Nevadas or anything like that. They're they're just little hills. But we know during the kingdom phase, uh, likely because there is going to be four great earthquakes during the tribulation time period two so powerful that the bible says they move the mountains and raise lower the high places and raise other places and, and make the plains of the earth the oceans will likely be more like lakes and spread out around the earth so the the geology of the world during the millennial kingdoms will be vastly different than what we know today our maps are going to be pretty much useless today because they're going to change dramatically during that time and so here we got a, a, a temple, which the Lord is building, because he's saying that they it has been defiled throughout history. Again, we spoke a little earlier, remember, that that the, the throne room of God looks like, it's physical. It's not some ethereal, spiritual place. It's a physical place. And the Lord is given miniature dimensions. You know how I can't buy a Lamborghini, but I can go out and buy a, a matchbox car of a Lamborghini. <laughs> says it's what like 164th scale so the temple has always been that way it's been like just a tiny matchbox version of the real thing well when we get to the millennial kingdom we're more like the model kit version of the throne room god it's much bigger uh it's it's 40 miles uh square 
But when we get to the eternal kingdom, the New Jerusalem, that's 1,500 miles cubed. So what we're seeing even now, as amazing as it is, is, is that the, it's just a, it's, a, it's a model version of what's coming. And Vic, something else that's interesting too, I think the words here should all be red letter. You know, if you have a Bible that has red letter, that means that Jesus is speaking. Well, here he's, we know that who is the builder and who is the one who sits on the throne in the millennial temple? It's Jesus Christ himself. So right now we are reading the pre-incarnate teaching of Jesus Christ before his first coming. And that'll just blow your mind. Nathan, that is a great observation. I love that. And, 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 I, and I agree with that because also when Jesus taught, some of the things I oftentimes taught the disciples was the importance of holiness, the importance that when we follow God, our lives need to be holy. And here we find again that this is written for, because th these individuals, uh, according to here, they have fallen into verse 9 into harlotry. Uh, and, and the Bible talks about God's people need to be holy and live holy lives. And Jesus, off, that was that was his, the gospel teaching, if you will. And the Jewish remnant, they needed to remember that, especially when they're going to be moving into this amazing new uh, temple that is going to be built. But also, I also noticed, Nathan, in verses 10 through 12, another observation here that through his description of the promised temple down to the measurement of the pattern, Israel will see how great the restoring love and grace of God was towards them, and it will make them ashamed of their iniquities. Because here we have, right, Nathan, God's grace in restoring this temple to something amazing when you just describe to us these dimensions. Yeah, and it's interesting that you point out the holiness because that's the problem that the temples had, and that's that's what the sacrifices were for, that the animals died in the place of, of the humans. And so it was a sad, sad thing that the Lord had to do is have a temporary covering in blood for their sins because the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ himself, hadn't died on the cross yet. And so once he died on the cross, that was it. There was no need for sacrifices anymore. And so once he's in the temple, the temple will be holy again. There's verses that talk about how even the, the bells and the pots will have inscribed on them in Jerusalem, holiness to the Lord. The people will be a consecrated people. What the Jewish people were always meant to be is a priestly people serving the Lord. They failed again and again because they're fallen human, just like we all are. But during the millennial kingdom, they, the survivors of the tribulation who are Jewish and saved will become a priestly people during that time. And you're right. If they're going to dwell with Christ in this super temple, this millennial temple, then they too have to be consecrated and holy. In other words, they're saved. And so, yeah, holiness defines this place. And there's no place in the world now like this, a place you can go to a church and you kind of feel it's kind of holy and all that, but it's not. It's it, The presence of the Holy Spirit might be there, but this, the presence of Jesus Christ will be there. Brother, that just, just blows my mind. I get, I'm just so anxious to come see that one day. Oh, Nathan, I, and that time, I believe, is definitely coming soon as we see so many things happening around the world. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into a Truth Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at 
Ezekiel chapters 43 and 44 as we're talking about this amazing millennial temple. So, Nate, very exciting. And not only that, Nathan, but also we notice there verses 13 uh, through verses 17. It gives us now a description, the dimension uh, of the altar. We won't get into all the, the sizes and all that, but we just see its purpose because when we look at verses 18 through 27, something stands out and it has to do with their responsibilities and their duties and the ministry that they are going to be performing us unto the Lord. So, Nate, uh, uh, would you be able to tackle for us verses 18 through 22 and I'll tackle verses 23 to 27 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yes, because that's a good question. It's like, why in the world is there an altar during the millennial kingdom? Why do we read at the throne of God there's an altar before him? What exactly is being sacrificed? So let's pick up in verse 18. And he said to me, notice that he is capital. Jesus said to me, son of man, thus says the Lord God, there are the ordinances for the altar on the day when it is made for sacrificing burnt offerings on it and for sprinkling blood on it. He shall give a young bull for a sin offering to the priests, the Levites, were the seeds of Zadok, who approached me to minister to me, says the Lord God. He shall take some of its blood and put it on the horns of the altar, and on the four corners of the ledges, and on the rim around it. Thus you shall cleanse it and make atonement for it. Then you shall also take the bull of the sin offering and burn it in the appointed place of the temple outside the sanctuary. And on the second day you shall offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering, and they shall cleanse the altar as they cleansed it with the bull. Verse 23, when you have finished cleansing it, you shall offer a young bull without blemish and a ram from the flock without blemish. When you offer them before the Lord, the priest shall throw salt on them and they will offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. Every day for seven days, you shall prepare a goat for sin offering. They shall also prepare a young bull and a ram from the flock, both without blemish. Seven days they shall make atonement. Of, uh, of the altar and to purify it and to and so consecrate it. When these days are over, it shall be on the eighth day and thereafter that the priest shall offer your burnt offering and your peace offering on the altar. And I will accept you, says the Lord God. Nathan, again, very good point that you brought up. These are certain things that we're going to see even in the time of the millennium. And they're confusing things because this is one of the great mysteries of the Bible. Why, if Jesus Christ died on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, will there need then in the, during the millennial kingdom to be an altar and to be animal sacrifices? And uh, so I'm going to throw that at you, Vic, first. What do you think? And then I'll tell you what my research says. Okay, Nate. Well, I remember like <laughs> I... I, I no, no, that's good. I like Call it. Uh, this what... great mystery, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually like uh, one uh, commentator called Worsby, and it, he, he writes that it appears that the sacrifices will be offered in a memorial sense and as expressions of love and devotion to the Lord, according to Isaiah 56, verses 5 through 7, and Isaiah 60, verse 7. They will also bring people together for fellowship and feasting to the glory of the Lord, like a big barbecue get-together, Nathan. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I know about you, but I, I totally agree with him. I think there's also, I've read another commentator says, well, possibly, don't forget that, that the Jewish people there, although saved, are still in their fallen human forms, unlike us, the church who will be in our glorified bodies. 
And so even though they're forgiven and saved, they're not totally pure to stand before God. And so he has this purification ritual. It's like you wouldn't show up for church without taking a bath for a week. You know, you're, you're going to clean up. You're going to put on the good clothes. You're going to show up. So if you're going to go before the Lord, you have to sacrifice something. And then, again, we, we think, oh, the death of the animal. But the sacrifice usually means you are losing something. You're giving something up of value. And for, for the Jewish people, historically, it was very important animals, very expensive. It'd be like us giving up our car or, or giving up an expensive hobby. And, you know, they're, they're offering it. They're sacrificing it to the Lord. So it's an act of love to Jesus. So I think we've got all these things going. But you're right, especially in the Old Testament, the priesthood didn't have a land allotment. The Levites served the Lord, but they weren't given any land to, to farm. They lived totally on the sacrificial system. So if nobody's sacrificing, the Levites aren't eating. And so it could be that the Jewish people who served the Lord during the millennial kingdom, as the nations come to see Jesus and celebrate before him and bring their offerings to him, uh, it's not about the animal sacrificing, but it's our offering to the Lord, which will then provide for the needs of the Levites. And that is good news. That is, and I'm sorry about that, Nathan. For whatever reason, my, my song was not playing behind the scenes. <laughs> it was so excited. It just started. <laughs> that was a confirmation that it was good news. <laughs> well, Nate, you know, it, it really is because if you think about it, we're going to be in our glorified bodies. But yet what people don't understand is that there's going to be, be millions of people are going to make it. Uh, into the millennium in their natural bodies and their, and their, their sin is still present even though Satan is bound and, and we realize there's going to be a lot of uh, normality to life in the millennium in some sense as it is now but the thing is we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ it's going to be order uh, and that's why sometimes people get confused but yeah the millennium we're still going to have uh, certain things that we see present and that sin to show that sin comes from the heart even while Satan is bound. So there's no excuse for people to say, well, Satan made me do it. <laughs> yes, because Satan is bound. Or, him and his demons aren't tempting anyone on the earth during that time. Uh, and it's another thing to go back to the, the matchbox car analogy is that the, in the throne room of God up in heaven, there is an altar. And we read and we wrote about this in our book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, that there's an angel that stands before the altar. He has a censer. And the prayers and worship of the saints is what's sacrificed before the Lord. It, it comes as a pleasing aroma to God. There's no animals being sacrificed on the altar before the throne of God. So if we're going to have a miniature version of the of heavenly temple, then the millennial temple needs an altar as well to be, again, an example. So when I stand over my barbecue pit and I smell the barbecue, I'm like, oh, that just smells so good. You know, it's such a <laughs> You know, and so that will be a simulation because, you know, we can't pray and say, oh, that smells so good. So during the millennial kingdom, they'll have the smell of the barbecue, so to speak, as the good smell that reflects the prayers of the saints, which is the, the wonderful smell on the altar of the Lord in heaven. 
Nathan, I tell you that people, that's why we encourage people to read their Bibles and understand Bible prophecy so that they can see what awaits them in the future. The amazing things that is in store for us, that the Lord has in store for those that have trusted in him. And that's why we encourage individuals to make sure that they have a relationship with the Lord, that they come to him, that if they don't know him, uh, uh, to give their hearts to Jesus. And Nate, as we do every week, might you be able to speak to that person on the other side? right now maybe they're listening to this podcast now or in the future but they don't have a relationship with god they want to be able to enter into that relationship how would you be able to share with them how they can start that even right now well we're talking about sacrifices we're talking about replacing our guilty verdict with the verdict of innocent we were all born in sin we're all in rebellion against god but the bible says that god hasn't forgiven us until we are our recompense is made for our sins now it's impossible for us to do there's nothing that we can do as fallen humans we can't work our way we can't be good enough we can't do any of those things to work our way to heaven so god sent his own son jesus christ the perfect both god and man to die in our place and beat death by resurrecting himself from the dead that's the victory over death and when we put our faith and trust in jesus christ then that victory becomes our victory we are forgiven, as John 3.36 says, the wrath of God has been satisfied, and we no longer stand guilty before the Lord. We're no longer under the death sentence of hell, and we can stand before the Father forever and ever and have eternal life. If you want to have that today, and I do pray you do, because the alternative is the destiny of hell, is to pray from your heart in faith, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus will forgive you, your guilt will be washed away, and you will inherit eternal life with him forever. And that is good news. And if you pray that prayer for the first time, reach out to us. We would love to rejoice with you. You can contact the ministry. You can text us at 305-992-9537. We'd love to send you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. And wherever you are, find a good Bible teaching church. Get plugged in, get baptized, and get excited about Bible prophecy because the Lord is coming back very, very soon. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that invitation. That's really what these programs are all about. Absolutely. Hey, the, the phone number you gave, it actually spells something out, right? I don't think people know that. Oh, actually, Nathan, uh, that's a good one because we we actually have the um, the phone number that is uh, 321-N-TIMES. So N -time. individuals, N <laughs> yes, three end times exactly so they can actually reach out there three to one end times or text it and uh and it goes with bible prophecy excellent man i just thought people like to know that absolutely mate thank you so much and of course we ran out of time for this segment of the program dick batista nathan jones and our special guest chris chris hunter we say goodbye may the lord bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you we hope you have a great week this week <laughs>